The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1983, Episode 1, Yesterday. In this episode, we will cover January through May. As the new year begins, McCartney has finished up location shooting for his film Broad Street. In the first few weeks of January, Paul is to be found at Abbey Road Studios with George Martin and Jeff Emmerich in a deja vu moment as he re-records a few Beatles songs. MTV VJ Mark Goodman is there to interview Paul. You're re-recording the the older songs. Yeah, which is great. I love doing it. How are you going to make them different? I'd say... I mean, why should they be different? It's like everyone asks me that. You know, everyone says, you're re-recording them, so how have you made them different? It just didn't occur to me to make them different. Uh, we did one yesterday, did a new version of Long and Winding Road yesterday. And I started singing it, thinking like, you know, well, I've got to make this different. But actually, everywhere I went wasn't the melody, and it wasn't places I liked. So I actually just came right back to the melodies. It's, it's, it's like, it's different. That's- but it's not very different, you know, it's... You, it sounds as though you're speaking in terms of the way that you sing it. Yeah. But the arrangements, I would imagine... Well, I, I heard the long and wide yeah. road. And is that, that different? Well, the sax is beautiful. Oh, it's the sax arrangement. Yeah, it is a different arrangement. That's right. <laughs> Clever, this lad. Dick Morrissey from the old If Band. That's great, right. Great, great yeah, sax player. He plays great. a lovely sax solo yes, on indeed. long and winding road. Disappear 
I've seen that road before It always leads me here Lead me to your door Many times I've been alone Many times I cried I try, but still they lead me back to the long and winding road. You left me standing here a long, long time ago. Keep me waiting here Lead me to your To just get a feel for what yeah. what they are going to be like and m more modern. Uh, well, why I mean, we it works out. Like, gonna... why we record them? Because I like the songs. Is one. We well, see the thing is that that's the thing. You, you first of all you make your record, which is a hit. Let's say of um, here, there, and everywhere, or something. And we did the Beatles record with that. That's the last time you ever do that song, and it's silly. That's silly. That to lead a better life. I need a love of my own Here Making each day of the year Changing my life with a wave of her hand Nobody can deny that there's something And if she's beside me, I know I need never care But to love her is to need her everywhere Knowing that love is to share Each one believing that love 
Watching their eyes And hoping I'm always there I will be here, there And everywhere Here, there And song you shouldn't just make a record of it and leave it for the rest of your life there's no harm in coming back to it and when you do come back to it uh unlike say dylan you know who used to kind of really come back to and totally reggae it or something you know just because i can see that mine it didn't seem to work doing anything like that you know i i needed to leave them somewhere near where where they were and it uh, seemed like it worked Take a walk, the sun is shining down Burns my feet as I touch the ground Shady tree. I love her and she's loving me. She feels good. She knows she's looking fine. the director you know and he said he'd, he'd like to include some of the old songs so i gave the director a list of songs that i would be happy to sing because some of them you know you just they may be nice songs but you're not in the mood for them you, you know you go through periods where a painter likes that painting uh, and then he goes off it and you know or an album track you you love one and you go off it a bit and you just so i gave him ones i was on like for no one you know that i've never sung anywhere except on the record i'd write it bring it to the studio, record it, and that was it. It got on an album like I never, we never ever included in the stage act, I don't think. Mm -hmm. So that was like I never sung it. I started to think, well, I mean, you know, this is going to be like, uh, that's the end of that song as far as I'm concerned. I thought, no, I'd like to sing it again, you know. And I was surprised, I, I was into him, you know, I got mm -hmm. into him, probably because it's been so long. Your day breaks, your mind aches, 
You find that all the words of kindness linger on when she no longer needs you. She wakes up, she makes up, she takes the time and doesn't feel she has to hurry. She no longer needs you, and in her eyes you see nothing. No sign of love behind the tears, cried for no one. A love that should have lasted years. You want her, you need her, and yet you don't believe her when she says her love is dead. You think she needs you. Tears cried for no one. A love that should have lasted years. You stay home. She goes out. She says that long ago she knew someone, but now he's gone. She doesn't need him. Your day breaks. Your mind aches. There will be times when all the things she said will fill your head. You won't forget her, and in her eyes you see nothing. No sign of love behind the tears, cried for no one. A love that should have lasted years. It's very nice re-recording songs from the early days of the movie, because uh, what had happened is after the split up of the Beatles.、Um, I hadn't wanted to、uh, be really、uh, get too heavily into Beatles stuff, you know, because. But、uh, I reached a point where I thought, well, but I wrote or helped write those songs, and I really liked them at the time, and I really like them still. You know, I still like the songs; they're, they're great. And I realised I was denying myself and the opportunity to sing them. You know, if it'd been anyone else, he would do. He sings his old songs and his new songs, or anybody. You know, because of the split up, I think.、Uh, The divorce kind of thing was in there, you know, like I'm never going to sing another of those, mate. You know, which was just was stupid, really. And I found I really liked them, and I liked doing them. Picks up the rice in a church where a wedding has been. Lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Where do they all belong? Father Mackenzie writing the words to a sermon that no one will hear. No one comes near. Look at him working, darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. What does he care? All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Where do they all belong? Ah, look at all the lonely 
Eleanor Rigby died in the church and was buried along with her name. Nobody came, Father Mackenzie, wiping the dirt from his hands as he walks from the grave. No one was saved, all the lonely people. Where do they all come from? All the lonely people. Where do they all belong? Remembering songs that we did, uh, the Beatles, John and I uh, did way back when uh, and the interesting thing about them is that you don't hear about them these days you hear about our well-known tracks you're always hearing about strawberry fields or sergeant peppers i mean because those have gone down as some kind of milestone um but these other tracks they were b-sides and i just remember how they were written and the thrill i got of writing them and, and why i liked to sing them because the bass line went down as the tune went up or whatever it is and those things still hold. They're, they're still nice to sing. I mean, I was toying around with the idea of songs like I'll Get You. I mean, I don't know if you remember that one. It's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll get you in the end. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know. But it's, I love it. I love the period. I love the kind of innocence of those songs and, and the structure. Uh, they're just very simple little songs. And so it's nice going back to the simplest period we ever had, or I ever had as a writer. Probably one of the simplest periods I've ever been through. And rediscovering that I quite like them. And that they weren't just simple to be dismissed. They were lasting simple. That's what I like about them. Yesterday All my troubles seem so far away Now it looks as though they're here Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be There's a shadow hanging over me Oh, yesterday came suddenly why she had to go, I don't know, she wouldn't say. I said something wrong, now I long for yesterday. Yesterday, love was such an did think, uh, oh, you're doing, you're redoing Beatles songs. Sacrilege, wow, hey man, heavy. Um, but then I thought, no, that's not true at all. They're my songs. I mean, you mean I can't pl sing them again, ever, more, uh, you know, ever again? And I thought that was more unreasonable an approach, that you, you're not allowed to sing those songs. I couldn't find one single reason why not, except good taste or something, and I don't think that's true, really. Mind you, Ringo has got another approach. Ringo's got more of the approach you were suggesting. 
because uh, I wanted to play... Well, I didn't actually want to do it that bad, but the director wanted me to do Hey Jude, I think it was. And there's some very high notes in that, and I didn't fancy recreating them. I mean, you know, the, 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 that's pretty hard to sing some of those bits. So I wasn't looking forward to it, but I thought, well, I'll do it. You know, he, he wants me to do it. No big deal. But, you know, I don't like to make these things that big a deal. Because it isn't, really. It's only a song, isn't it? So I, I was thought, well, I'll do that. And I asked Ringo if he'd be comfortable about doing it. He said, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. You're kidding. He said, you wouldn't drum on any re and Beatles stuff. Um, I think, and his approach is, I've done it. I've made the record where I'm terrific on Hey Jude, and it worked, you know. So don't ask me to do it again. Um, and I understand that, you know. I think that's, that's all right, that he thinks like that. And I did have a bit of that feeling, but not enough of it. So I thought, well, that's fair enough. You know, I'm not going to force him to do anything he doesn't want to do. He wouldn't let me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we left it at that. Hey, 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 Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. While McCartney worked on recording new music for his film Broad Street, George, Olivia, and Danny Harrison spent the last few weeks of January on holiday in Australia, Thailand, and Singapore. While in Australia, George gives a lengthy interview for the Sunday Times where he discusses his state of being, his life, John and Julian Lennon, and fear of flying. Got a fear of flying and scared of dying. A friend of mine who was terrified, I think we've all been through that, you know, fear of flying. A friend of mine was terrified of flying and in the end he decided to go to a psychiatrist and instead of the psychiatrist saying to him the sort of thing you would expect, he said to him, it doesn't matter if you crash, you're not important. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true really, it's like it's an ego thing of I am going to crash, me, I'm so important that I'm going to crash. But really, you know, that's another way of looking at it. You're not that important, don't worry, you know. Got a fear of flying and scared of dying But I still get along with you Still get along with you Cause I need to Got a fear of falling and I hear you call Meanwhile, in the UK in January... EMI Parlophone reissued the single Please Please Me for the 20th anniversary release of the song. 
the single managed to hit number 29 in the UK singles charts. Several days later in America on January 25th, Polydor Records release a 7-inch single and a 12-inch single remix of the song Never Say Goodbye by Yoko Ono.
Looks, Looks like, like a gigantic pump. In the UK on January 27th, the British newspaper The Sun reprints an excerpt of an interview that George Harrison had given to the Australian newspaper The Sunday Times. The Sun's article titled, I'm George, Not a Beatle, publishes Harrison's perspective on the current new wave music scene and how he has no interest in it at all. You know, I want something to say something, something to enrich my experience. Get off your bedpan, you lazy bugger. Get off your bedpan and get home. Get off your bedpan, you lazy bugger. Cause there's cookie men cleaning at home. I mean, these people aren't saying anything. And the reason why they're not saying anything is because they don't know anything. Well, there's a crack across the ceiling. There's a crack across the ceiling And there's a crack in this old ceiling We're gonna move to a better home You know those songs of They just shout and there's no melodies No words worth talking about I mean, I'm talking about probably 95% of them. I'm not just the pop or the punk or whatever, but the entire world of music. Author, Jeffrey Giuliano. Baffled by the rise of punk, George was finally having to face the fact that a new generation of music fans, indifferent to the Beatles, the music of their parents, was emerging. Mother, you left me, but I didn't leave you. Continuing in the article, Harrison expresses his annoyance with the press. He states that they are more focused on the past and not what is now. Don't look back. I think uh, past is gone. Now, can't stop that recall. And future is not, may not be at all, but present is. You see, that's the only thing that exists is the present. George goes on to say, they're not interested in me as a human being. They're only interested in the Beatles and what guitar I played on Sgt. Pepper and all that crap. After all, the Beatles were only famous for how many, six years or nine, ten years, and I'm a 41-year-old, so, I mean, 30 of those years I've been a non-Beatle, and there's much more to me than just, you know, yeah, 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 ooh. George makes a decision to leave the music business, at least temporarily. I got a bit tired of it. Uh, I just felt there was no point, really, from what I could see the way the music was that was out there. I couldn't relate to it. And uh, I just thought, well, I've got a lot of other things to do. I might as well have a rest. Like John Lennon, Harrison was free, 
free to spend time with his family and his hobbies without worry of any record company contracts. I've got a feeling we could be serious, girl. Right at this moment, I could promise you the world. Before we go crazy, before we explore, there's something about me, baby. February 2nd, Michael Jackson arrives in London to join Paul in filming a promotional video clip to the song, The Man. The song was a true collaboration with McCartney writing the music and Jackson writing the lyrics. Uh, Michael was interested in writing with me, and he rang me, he rang me this time. Was the... You know, this man can do anything, ooh, there's such a man. Wish that we could bring him And it's just the way he thought it would be Cause the day is come for him to be free Then he laughs, he kicks and rolls up his feet I'm alive and I'm here forever This is the land And 
final production of the song will be included in McCartney's upcoming album tentatively titled Tug of War 2. During Michael's time in London, he stays with the McCartneys at their home in Rye, Sussex. Taking a break from filming on February 10th, Paul, Linda, and Michael attend the second annual Brit Awards held at the Grosvenor House Hotel in London. The pop world was sheltering from the snow last night. Singers, songwriters, and record producers. The grim weather didn't keep the cool cats at home. Anita Harris with her boots. Tim Rice with his wife. Singer Mary Wilson with her beehive. And Boy George looking forward to the awards. Well, only if you get them. <laughs> and if you're not, you're not missing anything. The first category is Best British Newcomer. Or should that be Newcomer? The nominations are Yazoo. Club. Do you hear me say country club? <laughs> Musical youth. And ABC. triumphant duo, the newcomers, that went to Yazoo. And there was another award. The best British female artist, the winner is Kim Wilde. They'd finished the salmon moose and settled down to an evening. The real business ahead, the awards. I'm very happy to thank you all for what you do for the British record industry all through the year and what you're doing for the Variety Club charities tonight. 
and to announce that the best British group is Dire Straits. Dire Straits, hotly followed by Pete Townsend. I am uh, very proud to hope it's the last of this kind of thing that I get, actually. <laughs> McCartney receives the award for the best British male artist of 1982. Paul is also honored with the new Sony Award, recognizing his technical expertise in recorded music. Paul McCartney, he took home three awards, once again voted Britain's best male artist, congratulated for his outstanding musical achievements with the Beatles. George Martin there with him. Yeah, um, it's quite an award, and etc., uh, etc. Et um, thank you very much, George. What can I say, George Martini? Big hand. And um, I'd like to take this opportunity to wish a lot of luck to all the young groups coming up now. Yes. Yeah. contribution to music. Were you surprised after all these years still um, to be picking up the tabs? Yeah, that's for the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, 20 years, isn't it? Cool. Do you think, in fact, it's got something to do with John Lennon's death and people buying the records again? I don't know, but it's a very good angle, Maggie. We could work on that. Can I ask you, Paul, do you actually think these are important events for the music business, the awards? I don't really know. You know, you go to them and uh, some... You know, more important than others. I don't really know. It's fun, though, you know. All right, sir, thank you very much for the last 20 years. See you. Bye-bye. The final award this evening goes to George Martin and Jeff Emmerich for outstanding production on Paul's album, Tug of War. In America on February 9th, Dark Horse Records released the single I Really Love You by George Harrison. The song is taken from Harrison's Gone Troppo LP. Unfortunately, it failed to chart. The song was originally a hit in 1961 by the singing group The Stereos.
February 16th, a London High Court judge rules in the case of Lennon and McCartney versus ATV Music. Paul and the executors of the John Lennon estate were asking for a five million pound increase in royalties on the Lennon-McCartney catalog that is owned by ATV. The judge ruled in favor of ATV, which prompted McCartney to file a second action seeking full rights to ATV Music, including the Beatles catalog. The case is expected to be heard next year. In early March, in the wake of the success of the unauthorized home video documentary The Complete Beatles, Paul McCartney is asked on an American radio program about the long-awaited Beatles documentary film, The Long and Winding Road. Pretty excited about it. We thought what we'll do is we'll do the kind of definitive thing of the Beatles where we'll get all the footage and all the stuff we like and we'll maybe narrate over it and explain the real story and you know any any um, explanations that hadn't been given and stuff we'd do. But um, what happened was we took it to a friend of ours who's a director that we wanted to do it. And uh, strangely enough, he just didn't like the idea. And you know when somebody starts to down an idea, you start to doubt it yourself. So three of us were sitting there saying, oh, we think this could be great, you know, like the long and winding road, we'll call it. <coughs> and it'll be the whole story from A to Z, and we'll, we'll go back and remix some of the 24 tracks in stereo that were mono and all that. We, we saw a lot of the ang angles that we thought would be good. But um, 
This fellow didn't like the idea. He said, no, it's a little bit old-fashioned, you know. He said, I think everyone's seen all the material. They'd be bored to see it again and stuff. Mm. So we, we got off the idea. And it was a pity, really, because, like, about a month after that, someone brought out the complete Beatles. And it's still on the video charts. So that was really what we wanted to do, that, the same thing as the complete Beatles. But you never know. We might do it one of these days. It was around this time that a new book hit the bookstores. The Love You Make, an insider's story of the Beatles by Peter Brown and Stephen Gaines. A new book now titled The Love You Make reportedly unearths parts of the Beatles story that have never been told before. Former Beatles manager Peter Brown and rock columnist Stephen Gaines collaborated on this one, and they're with us this morning. Gentlemen, welcome. Hello. Hello. It's been 13 years since the Beatles broke up. Why are we still talking about this? It's amazing, isn't it? Um, there's been a lot of talk during the last um, 13 years and uh, we decided about uh, three years ago, I decided initially that um, there were so many books, so um, many other projects, movie projects, television projects, um, that were self-perpetuating a lot of misinformation. I talked to Stephen to see if he would be willing to help me with this and I went to John Paul George Ringo and said, did that to find out if they agreed with me and if they were willing to collaborate. I wouldn't have done it without their cooperation. Book in 1974, when I was a columnist for the Sunday News in New York, and Peter was producing a show called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band on Broadway. And Peter got me an interview with John Lennon, who was very intimidating and difficult to interview. He was a really scary person. And after the interview, um, I talked to Peter about the Beatles, and he wouldn't tell me anything about them. And that's when the story about the uh, inner circle and the secrecy came up. So I kept asking to Peter for five years asking him to write a book with me. Trying to break the code. Trying to break the code. The book focuses on the seamier side of the Beatles story and covers the group from their teenage years until their breakup. We try to explain the questions always being asked is why the Beatles break up. Usually Yoko gets the blame, but it's much more complicated than that. There were two tiers of women in their lives. There was the first lot of wives and there was the second lot of wives. And Yoko was blamed also for the John's heroin addiction. And it's true that, I mean, for instance, the first wife came in and found Yoko in her own house with uh, in, a, in a, her dressing gown and they were having breakfast and so forth. John made no attempt to hide this from... Um, it's it's from interesting about the, about the Beatles that you mentioned that, is that, that each of the Beatles' wives or girlfriends came home to discover their husbands with another woman. I mean, that's the way all of those marriages broke up. Uh, Cynthia Lennon came home to find Yoko Ono in her bathrobe. Asher, who was a famous English actress who was Paul McCartney's girlfriend, came home to find a groupie in her bed. And 
worst most, of all. Worst of all, the most startling and one of the major revelations in the book was that George Harrison's wife, Patty, came home from a shopping trip in London to find George in the bedroom with Ringo's wife, Maureen. And that broke up both those marriages. Now, wait a minute. You said that you wanted to do this book to clear up all those ugly inaccuracies that were out there. Aren't these accuracies worse than the inaccuracies? Well, it's not a case of which is worse. This is the truth. And bringing out the truth, we, I mean, to, to correct the inaccuracies of the truth is often stranger than fiction. And yes? this, is, this is no worse than, than any suburb in America. I mean, it's no worse than Dynasty or, or Falcon's Crest or any of those things. It, the, the point, the reason why it shocks us is because it was the Beatles. But all of these things went on. There are re literally hundreds of revelations in the book. Another one that's of great interest to Beatle fans especially is that we don't know what drumming on the later albums is actually Ringo's. Because when Ringo left the studio at night, Paul would redub the drum tracks because he didn't like Ringo's playing. Fraternity suits and blackmail. Well, threats. we know that, that Paul is, everybody involved in the Beatles, including Brian Epstein, was involved in some sort of blackmail threat because they were targets for that. Um, the fraternity suits, uh, well, there's one in the papers today, it was Bettina Hubers, which is a young lady from Hamburg who claims that, that Paul is her father. And that was a suit that was kept out of the papers for a long time. Uh, she certainly looks papers? like Paul. Doesn't she look like Paul? Well. And now there's another. <laughs> Another young man, by the way, in, in <laughs> I mean, just off the cuff, there's another young man, by the way, in Liverpool who's 20 years old, um, who Paul also signed uh, uh, paternity papers denying his paternity, but made a settlement and a payoff. And he says, you see, the thing is that the Beatles were very vigorous out on the road. There were lots of groupies. There were lots of girls in and out of their hotel rooms, like any rock and roll band. So they, what they were heavy womanizers. They were, I, yes, they were chauvinistic, small-town boys from a, a northern tough port uh, city. And um, they liked to have women in and out like that. So the surprising thing is, is that there weren't more paternity suits. Meanwhile, over in Germany, a court judge orders Paul McCartney to continue paying a monthly paternity sum that is equivalent to 282 American dollars to Bettina Hubers, the woman that claims that Paul is her father. McCartney once again denies the claim and petitions the court for him to take a blood test. The court will consider it but insists Paul continue to pay the monthly sum.
several days, McCartney has been rehearsing a few songs with a band that consists of Paul on bass, Dave Edmonds and Chris Spedding on electric guitar, Linda on keyboards, Jody Linscott on percussion, and Ringo on drums. And so on March 11th at E. Austin and Sons Warehouse in London, the band is filmed recording those songs for inclusion in Paul's movie project titled Broad Street.
sorry. Uh, my fault. On April 22nd, filming for Paul's movie, Give My Regards to Broad Street, commenced at the Elstree Studios, London.
few weeks later, on May 2nd through May 7th, McCartney films a futuristic adaptation to an old Wings classic, featuring the following musicians. Paul McCartney on electric harpsichord, Steve Lukather on guitar, Jeff Picardo on drums, Louis Johnson on bass, and Linda on keyboards. Some people 
Meanwhile, over at Harrison's Friar Park Estate in London, the handmade film crew is shooting a movie titled Bullshot, starring Alan Shearman and Diz White. George is naturally on set and consented to an interview for the UK TV show Film 83. Well, I'm just somebody who happens to get involved occasionally with movies like this, which are, this is a sort of low-budget film, and it's a new group of people, at least new to the uh, big-time film industry. And, uh, you know, we do sort of smallish things, really. And uh, I wouldn't say I was a moedal, but it's quite fun. It's interesting. Do you have any say in choosing this? No. Well, I mean, I did... Uh, read the script and to hear about, you know, but I, it wasn't a choice that I made, if that's what you mean. But I certainly don't object to it. Might you have to bail it out if it goes wrong? Well, if it goes wrong, it's, uh, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I stand to lose money if it loses, but, I mean, that's, that's the risk that you take, really. But I think these days you should be able to, with a low-budget film, be able to, you know, at least break even if you can't make anything. You know, I mean, if you talk about over a period of years, and there's a lot of countries, and there's television and video, but hopefully it'll get a decent theatrical release, and, you know, who knows? Have you got any more ideas? A lot of things, you know, obviously the more um, films that we've made, the more scripts come in and they're falling in. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of scripts and there's a number of ideas in the works and it, it's a matter of sorting them out. And, you know, the, the ones which are going to be uh, made into films sort of evolve out of over a period of time. There's going to be a few. Okay, that's a wrap. Continuing in a moment. Paul introduces a new product and song. Step right up, step right up. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, gather around. Let me tell you all about the Mac and Jack Wonder Potion. Ringo releases a new album and an old vessel. Now hear this. This is Ringo Starr on board the Yellow Submarine. Batten down the hatches. And Wayne and Beth get married. Snuck that in, guys. Just leave it. Next on Yesterday and Today. How did you feel when you heard the McCartney versions of the old songs on uh, Broad Street? I think they were okay. I didn't notice that they were new versions. information or to contact the show visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com also visit at yesterdaypod on twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on facebook see you next time
I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad <laughs> from his better show than ours. <laughs> wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? <laughs> Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society 6 dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Oh, for God's sake.